Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This particular episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by M. Stefano running uh support switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp episode 176 of switchcraft is brought to you by audible get a free book and directly support the stream by checking out audible they have thousands of books from every genre you're definitely going to find something you like just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible and get your free book today Let's start today off with an email. I got an email from Joe. I love it when you guys email me. You can do so just like Joe did by emailing me at runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Joe says, hi, Bill. I had an idea the other day and I thought it might make for a good discussion on your show. Nintendo is famous for holding on tightly to their IPs or intellectual property. Um, But with speculation of a new Animal Crossing game on the Switch, I thought, how big would it be if Nintendo returned the cross-play favor with Microsoft and put it out and put out an Animal Crossing game on the Switch and Xbox as well, as well as some features that would tie in with the iOS and Android as well. I know it would likely never happen, but I feel like Animal Crossing would be a great cross-play IP, and I think it would not only be great PR for Nintendo, but drive even more software sales in as well. If not, if not one of Nintendo's own IPs, do you think we will ever see Nintendo create software that we would see on another gaming system? Hope all is well, continuing to enjoy your show week after week. Keep up the great work, Joe. All right, Joe. Um, first off, I want to get away from the whole idea of what Nintendo has been like in the past and talk about what it's like when a company that is usually very closed off puts software out on other platforms and how that, um, and, and, and what are the, the reactions to that? Uh, so I'm going to give you an anecdote. All right. Uh, it seems like forever ago. But there was this cool new thing called a podcast. And uh, one of the ways, the, the probably the easiest way to listen to a podcast and be able to bring it with you is to have an iPod. And so I ended up going uh, and, and getting an iPod, uh, an iPod shuffle. It, it was just basically a long USB stick with controls on it. And every night when I went to sleep, I would plug that into my computer. And it would download the podcasts. And um, then the next day when I, I, I used to I used to live where I do now and I went to school about two hours away. And so, well, probably an hour and a half. And so I spent at least an hour and a half in the car one way every day. And I would listen to tons and tons of podcasts. And um, the fact of the matter is, is when I used that I was you know I just loved it because I was able to listen to exactly what I wanted when I wanted I never even put music on it I almost never listen to music I'm almost always listening to podcasts and stuff like that so I'm driving down the road and listening to the music and I come home and I put my uh, my iPod plug it into my computer so it would 
do its thing for the next day. And, you know, iTunes starts up and I sitting there and I'm messing around with iTunes. And I, I'll tell you what, I had never used a Mac before in my life outside of like, and I know they're not Macs, but like the Apple IIe, you know, that kind of thing in high school when we would go down to the computer lab and play Oregon Trail. And using iTunes, and please don't judge today's iTunes as to how good iTunes used to be, because iTunes today is kind of it's kind of bloaty and garbage. Uh, I still use it because that's how I uh, listen to music. But um, back in the day, it was svelte and ran really well and it was fast and it was a really good experience. And it was such a good experience that eventually I ended up buying a Mac. So. I, I get what you're saying, Joe, where like if Nintendo puts its software on there, it'll have this what people call it a halo effect where people are like, wow, this is really cool. Maybe I should try out other stuff from Nintendo. And that's kind of what happened to me is I tried out iTunes and I was really, really impressed with it. And so I ended up picking up, uh, ended up switching from Windows to a Mac uh, because I really liked the Mac software and, um, you know, I would never have done that had it not been for iTunes. So you're definitely making a good point there. Now, um, just for those of you who are wondering, I don't use a Mac anymore because I play video games and it's kind of a hassle. So I ended up switching back to Windows after a while. But that's more because most of the things that I do on my computer now outside of a video game are on the Internet and... Almost everything like back, you know what? I'm not even going to get into it. The Mac versus PC thing. I'm going to move on because that's taking me down a side road that I don't need to go down. Um, will Nintendo ever do this? Will Nintendo ever put some of their software out on a competing gaming platform <clears throat> in order to try and drum up business? And I don't think that they will. Uh, it, it's weird. You know, everybody looks at Nintendo and I, I always say this uh, a lot of times. I say that that Nintendo is a very, very conservative company and they want to hold things back. Uh, they want to control everything really, really tightly. And Apple is kind of the same way. And Apple did it and it paid off for Apple in a big way because I would say that the iPod really saved um uh, Apple from the fate of, um, I think the guy's name was Scully, the, the soda guy. Um, I don't think Nintendo would do this. Now, I know that some people are saying, well, hold on now, because Nintendo is allowing NVIDIA Shield to run stuff uh, over in China, but that's just in China. I don't think that we're going to be seeing that outside of China. And, you know, the NVIDIA Shield... Uh, that they're bringing over there. That's the same chipset that we have for the Nintendo Switch. So I think that there's, um, I think there's not a very good reason, or there's not a very good reason for us to think that that will happen. But I agree that it would be good for Nintendo. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is now an unpatchable Nintendo Switch exploit out there that makes every Nintendo Switch hackable, and. I'm not going to go into the nitty and gritty details about how exactly this works. If you want to know, check out the link in the show notes. But what does this mean? It means that now uh, Nintendo Switches are going to be hackable. And that means that people can use that to cheat 
in games, which sucks. It sucks big time. However, there's still hope because Nintendo does have the ability to detect whether or not your system has been hacked or not. And then they can just ban that uh, system from connecting to their network. So, you know, if, if you're somebody out there who wants to pirate games and you're going to hack your Nintendo Switch to do so, you're going to probably end up losing your access to the internet on the Nintendo Switch. And if you don't care about that, then fine. Um, personally, I say if you're going to, I mean, if you're going to have a Nintendo Switch, then support the developers that make the games for it. Stop stealing their games. Uh, if they refuse to release a game on the platform, like like let's say if they don't put out Virtual Console and you want to play uh, Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario World, you want to play it on the, your N Nintendo Switch and you want to hack it in order to do that, you know what? I'm fine with that because Nintendo still hasn't found a way to sell it to us. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. However, keep in mind that you'll end up losing, uh, possibly, your access to playing games online. And, oh, man, there are so many good online games. we got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. We've got ARMS. We've got, um, we've got, excuse me um oh my gosh i can't think of the name of the game splatoon 2 uh we're about to have uh smash brothers and i'm sure that there's going to be other uh you know games like rocket league third party games uh where we can play online and you're going to lose access to that just so that you can not pay for a couple of games i would definitely avoid this uh this kind of stuff and um you know i i hopefully that hopefully Nintendo bans every single person who hacks their system so that they can cheat in the game because I absolutely can't stand playing games against cheaters. Uh, it absolutely ruins it. So putting in chat asks, do I think that if Nintendo goes on a full rampage against a cheater, it would hurt the company? Uh, for instance, if Nintendo went, on, went, went ahead and banned like a million accounts, do we think that other people would say, well, I'm not going to buy... Uh, Nintendo Switch console because they're banning people. I don't think that that's going to be an issue uh, for two reasons. First off, I want to talk about it from a different perspective. You know, if I bring a device uh, to a network and that device, you know, it's my personal device, the owner of the network has every right to say, I'm not going to allow you to put that on our network because it's not safe. Uh, if you have hacked your Nintendo Switch, then we don't, Nintendo doesn't know what your Nintendo Switch will do when it connects to the network. So I think Nintendo is really protecting everybody else by banning your Nintendo Switch from connecting to the network. Now, that being said, do I think that people would be unhappy if this were to happen? And I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you an example that I've experienced that, I, that, that I liked a lot. So I used to play this in MMO and it was called um, Guild Wars 2. And there was a, I guess the, like, and there was a player who was cheating. They had found some way to cheat in the game. And, and I'm pretty sure it was Guild Wars 2. And so what the, the developers logged into this person's account and they recorded the whole thing. They took them up to like the top of a castle or a bridge or something like that. They took all of the person's gear and deleted it. And then they jumped that person off the bridge 
and then they deleted the account and they basically said, this is what happens to cheaters. And I think that that was great because I personally, I don't want to play with cheaters. It takes the fun out of it. And honestly, I can't understand why anybody would want to cheat at a game. Like there's nothing fun about that. It takes the fun out of it. It takes the accomplishment of winning the game away. And it's just, I I hate that. And I thought that it was great when Guild Wars 2 said, we're going to take a hard line stance on cheaters in our game. And if you are caught cheating, your account is gone. And I think that that's a fantastic way to handle it because I, I think that the people, the only people who would get upset by that are the people who, um, the people who would would want to cheat. And I know that Pudding totally agrees with me. In fact, they said, uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate. And that's one of the things that at doing a solo show, I tend not to have. And so I'll usually play devil's advocate with myself, though sometimes I don't remember to. Um, so thank you, Pudding, for uh, getting some devil's advocate. Now, there is an issue where they have false positives. I've heard of people getting banned from a game because they have been detected as cheating and they insist that they weren't the it's you know it's kind of hard to believe because of course they're going to say i wasn't cheating so i i don't know how i feel about that um i think that if nintendo can detect that you're cheating then chances are you're probably cheating and uh you probably deserve to be banned from using their services Well, it looks like 3.0 for Splatoon 2 is uh, about to be out. It's going to include Camp Triggerfish. Uh, Big thank you to Super 80s for posting this in the Discord. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's see. What are the biggest changes? Well, first off, we're getting a new map, Camp Triggerfish. Um, There's also going to be new gear, which, you know, I honestly don't really care about the gear in that game. I've been wearing the same gear since forever, and I'm fine with it. And if... If you know uh, the reason why I should care about the gear other than looks, please let me know. Feel free. Um, They're going to add two new songs that will play during multiplayer matches. However, the big change that I was hoping for, which comes with music or or that uh, relating to music in Splatoon 2, is that they would remove that horrible experimental jazz song that's in there it doesn't fit with the rest of splatoon at all and i hate that song every time it comes on i just want to stop playing that being said we've got two new songs so what does that mean it means that the experimental jazz song will then play less often i hope i really really hope because i hate that song anyway um uh, changes to single player mode uh, if you fulfill a certain requirement, it will cause Callie from the Squid Sisters to appear at Tentakeel Outpost. Uh, they have ranked battle changes. Now they we're going to be having our X rank now available. Uh, they're also going to have a change to Splatfest. Uh, before when Splatfest results were revealed, uh, the team voting percentages were not uh, going out quite as far as they wanted. So now we're going to the nearest hundredth uh, after the decimal point. 
okay. I, I, I guess that's worth telling people about. Um, finally, it says, when playing multiple solo Splatfest matches with few allies, your Splatfest power will not decrease when losing. So I think what this means is if you are in a match and people leave and like it's 3v4 or something multiple times in a row, it's not going to lower your score for losing. And honestly, I think that's fine. Honestly, I think that they should make it so that if somebody ever leaves a match, then that person gets a huge penalty to their ranking or whatever, and everybody else doesn't get adjusted at all. Uh, I think that that would be really the the better way to go, because I, I always feel like I get penalized when somebody leaves my my group and I, I didn't have any control over that, especially since they make it so hard to group up with your friends. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Splatfest power will not decrease when in this situation for even a shorter duration. And then it says, uh, one more thing, a crazy number. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've like the huge list of this has been fixed. This has been fixed. This has been fixed over and over and over. So if there was a problem in the game that was bothering you before, it probably is fixed. So if you want to see the full patch list, like it was pretty long, uh, just click on the link in the show notes and uh, you can read through the whole thing yourself. Um, That's it. 3.0 is right around the corner. And you know what? I don't think that it says exactly the day that it's coming out. And right now I am I am just uh, waiting for time. Oh, 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 here we go. April 24th, around 6 p.m. So in roughly two hours Uh, so by the time you hear this it should be live so there you go i'm gonna pair up these next two stories because i don't have much to say about them uh first off we already knew that dark souls uh for the nintendo switch has been pushed to summer we don't know when that's coming out but during, I believe, the last Nintendo Direct, it was announced that Dark Souls was going to have a... I don't know why they call it this. Oh, there's somebody who needs a muffler driving by my house. Um, they're they're, they're going to have a network test, which is basically like, hey, it's a demo, so you can try the game out. Uh, well, because they pushed the actual launch date to summer, they're going to have the network test for play, PlayStation and Xbox... Uh, the way that they normally would, but they're going to have to push the test on Nintendo Switch out a little bit. Uh, They haven't said when, they just said it's going to be the earliest possible opportunity. I know that there's a lot of people that are very, very patiently waiting for Dark Souls to come to the Nintendo Switch. I know there's a lot of people that are excited for that game. I am not one of them, not because I think it's a bad game. It's just a game where I think that, I don't know, I, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it, even though... Um, I played Dark Souls 3 a little bit and I just got frustrated. So I, I, I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm not excited for Dark Souls on the Switch. However, by all accounts, it's a fantastic game. And if it's a fan, if a lot of people are saying it's a fantastic game, then you should probably check it out, especially if you've never played a Dark Souls game before, because, um, you know, by all accounts, it's really good. Just keep in mind, it's supposed to be a very, very difficult game. Uh, The next story that I wanted to talk about is we finally have a launch date for Wolfenstein 2. And I want to take just a second to talk about this. That's June 29th. Now, it requires 
the the um, uh, Harvey P in chat is asking, when is the network test for Dark Souls? We don't know. It's been delayed, so we don't know when that's coming. Um, but back to Wolfenstein 2. Um, like I talked about this a couple uh, episodes ago about how the Wolfenstein 2, the physical copy, is going to require you or may like we don't know if it has if it does. It just says may require Internet download in order to work. And I got a couple of emails, people asking me, uh, how do you feel about this? And somebody had gone back and watched uh, an old uh, YouTube video that I made about, before, I think it was before the Switch even came out. And I said, this is why 32 gigabytes is going to be okay. And they wanted to know, do I still feel that way? And as I think about this, I still think 32 gigabytes is going to be okay. And I'm just going to sum up that video really quick. And, um, you know, if you want to watch the full video, just go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash run, jump, stomp, and uh, just look through, look for 32 gigabytes and you'll probably find it. Um, but the, the general summary of why I thought 32 gigabytes is going to be okay is because that allowed Nintendo to hit that price point of $299.99 for 300 bucks. If they included more storage, then they would have to pay for for more storage and then they would have to pass that on to the cu the, the the customer and so 32 gigabytes allows with the ability for us to put an sd card in it it allows me to decide for myself hey i want to have more storage so i'm going to go out and buy an sd card i'm going to increase the price of the nintendo switch myself by buying an sd card for it and um no, this other person who's like, no, I'm only going to buy physical games. They don't need an SD card. Well, now we have developers who are cheaping out on the amount of storage that they're getting for their cartridge and forcing the consumer to download part of that game. Now, that doesn't really affect me because I have, I think, 128 gigabytes of storage on my Switch, which is plenty, I feel like. Uh, and that's what my son has on his and I feel like that's kind of the sweet spot as far as cost to storage ratio. If you can afford more, then get more, you know. But the fact that these developers are cheaping out and they're saying we're not going to pay for the extra storage to come on our cartridge, that's not Nintendo's fault. That is the fault of the developers. And I feel like the developers that are doing this, uh, I think that they need to be called to the carpet and somebody needs to tell them, look, we're not going to put up with this. And if you need to, if you have to do this in order to bring your game to the Switch, then maybe you shouldn't bring your game to the Switch. Or maybe you shouldn't do a physical release of your game because a physical release of a game should not require me to download in order to play that game. Now, when I say that, I understand that there's patches. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Why? Okay, I have to have a little storage in order to patch a game where, you know, maybe they've updated it and they've added new content. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I bought ARMS as a physical uh, game, yet I had to download some stuff in order to patch it because they added new content afterwards. That is perfectly okay to me. Uh, what's not okay is a game like, um, and then I don't have this game, so I don't know, but L.A. Noir. I've heard that L.A. Noir is unplayable 
without downloading something from the internet. And I really, really don't like that. And if third-party companies are going to be doing it like this, then I feel like that they shouldn't be putting out a physical copy at all. Harvey P said, or no, Snow Goes Ham says, maybe Nintendo is charging too much for larger game cartridges. That could be it. Maybe. But maybe not. I'm not sure. Harvey P says, Xbox and PlayStation always need a download. And that's true. Uh, they do need a download because uh, you have to install the game to your to your device. Uh, whereas the Nintendo Switch, they might not need a download. The only problem is that um, what was it? Uh, Xbox and PlayStation they come with much larger storage capacities than the Nintendo Switch does, which makes sense because the Nintendo Switch is portable. So this is just something that uh, kind of bothers me, and I just wanted to talk about it just a little bit introducing the next generation from nintendo new super mario world created especially for the super nintendo entertainment system all right i've got a pair of videos that i want you to check out the first one actually no three videos that i want you to check out the first one is a video of mine it is my full review of streets of red for the nintendo switch i re i finished recording it about an hour before i went live with the show i edited it and then uploaded it and it is now up and it should show up at like in 15 minutes it'll show up um the quick uh the quick answer here is that streets of red is a fantastic game for the nintendo switch and if you don't have it you owe it to yourself to check it out. It is a side-scrolling brawler like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, like Streets of Rage, which I'm sure that's where they got the name from, um, like Final Fight, like Double Dragon, all those old games. Like, that's an old genre that I really, really enjoyed. And Streets of Red uh, brings it back and does a great job with it. I finished the game this morning and have had so much fun with it, and I can't wait to get back and play some more. Uh, so if you want to check out the full review, uh, make sure that you follow the link in the show notes or go to youtube.com slash run jump stomp and check it out there. Uh, fantastic game. Uh, you know, I cannot recommend it enough and it's only like nine bucks, which is uh, a steal. It's a short game, but it's really good. Uh, the second video that I want you guys to check out is not one of mine. It's called, it's a, um, a gameplay video for a game that's coming to the Nintendo switch called a robot named fight. I guess it's. Uh, got a bunch of PC game awards. I don't know anything about this game other than it looks like a cool Metroidvania. And when I saw it, I was like, man, people are going to like this. It looks cool. And then the third video that I think you guys should check out is I saw that this morning it was a um, it's Meet the Heroes of Shining Resonance Refrain, which I guess is a Sega game coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, I really like the way the combat looks in this game. So uh, those are three videos. Uh, all Nintendo Switch related that you guys should check out because they look they look really fun. Uh, they look really fun. All right, we are wrapping up the show here. But before we go anywhere, I want to thank Jack's Rage uh, for the review on iTunes. Uh, they said they gave five stars. They said Switchcraft is awesome. His stories, voice and opinion all sound like a normal gamer and not over embellished just for showmanship. Thank you very much, Jack, for your uh, for your review on iTunes. 
Uh, big, big help. Thank you. Um, I have a quick anonymous survey that I would like you guys for, to get your feedback on. Um, if you've heard me talk about this the last couple episodes, I'm going to keep mentioning it for a while because there's people out there that don't listen to every single episode of Switchcraft. And I want to make sure that I hear their voices. I want to know what what it is that that they uh, I want to know their information, too. Uh, so it's a quick anonymous survey. Uh, it's for demographics purposes so that I can help sell the show to advertisers so that I can bring an advertiser on here. I promise to always keep the advertisers to be relevant, something that I use or something that I think that you would like to use. I'm not going to do anything that I haven't tested myself. Um, so uh, if you fill out that survey, it would be a huge help. And you can easily get to the survey by following a link in the show notes, or you can go to runjumpstomp.com slash survey 2018. Again, that's runjumpstomp.com slash survey slash, no, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. Runjumpstomp.com slash survey 2018. Uh, so fill out that survey. It would be a huge help to me. It takes like less than five minutes and a big thanks to everybody who's already filled it out. That wasn't so bad. Uh, thanks to everyone for being here while I record the show. If you did not know, the live streams are usually a good bit longer than the actual audio podcast because we get sidetracked talking about stuff. Uh, so if you are feel like you're missing out and you want to watch the full show, make sure that you stop by Twitch twitch.tv slash run jump stomp you can watch the show live uh, and hang out with awesome people uh, or you, if you want you can check out my youtube channel and watch the videos after i cut off the beginning and end of them uh, usually where there's just some music or some nonsense stuff at the end um, but Finally, if you are looking to support my content, you can do so very, very easily by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All of the links there will help me uh, make more content, make better content. And uh, it's a big help to everybody who's already uh, supported the show so far. So I appreciate it. Uh, finally, the show would not be anywhere near as awesome as as it is without the help of the chatters it wouldn't be the same so let me thank the chatters who are here live for the show we've got kodiak moonwolf snow goes ham vaxer aerslia harvey p27 mikey b playing mr pokemon uh dale the gamer pudding tf wagner and of course the lurkers i really appreciate you guys hanging out with me i'm out of here Make sure that you check out Tom Winter and Noteblock because their music is awesome and that's what you get to hear on this podcast. I will see you guys on Thursday. Bye-bye.